Thank you, Lori. It's one thing when people are gifted in different ways. It's something else when they use that for Jesus. And uh, real grateful for such a dear lady and sister in the Lord that uses it for Jesus. Bless our hearts. Well, uh, I'm not real creative this morning. I titled this sermon a Memorial Day sermon. (laughs) But I want to read a couple of passages, and then we're going to look at three memorials in the Scriptures because we're called to remember, which is appropriate on a day where we remember those who died for our freedom. Anyway, a couple of Scriptures. Turn with me first to Genesis chapter 9. We're going to read together 11 and 13, and then we're going to look at Joshua 4, 4 through 7. So I'm going to ask you to find that Genesis chapter 9 and stand in God's honor as I read aloud. Genesis 9, 11 through 13. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And then turn me over to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. Verses 4 through 7. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Let's pray. Lord, we come this morning with a desire to remember. We're quick to forget, Lord, but we want to remember God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to jog our memories. Lord, to wake us up, God, to you, to what you desire of us, Lord. May we remember what you call us to remember as we look at three memorials. Jog our hearts, God. Remind us of you. In your name we pray. Amen. In the text I read, there were two memorials. One is the promise of a rainbow that God will never again destroy this world through flooding, through water. And that's, that's a great promise. We see that rainbow, we remember his blessing. The second spoke of a time where they were getting ready to cross the Jordan River and God miraculously parted those waters so they could cross. As the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was being held by his servants in the middle of that river and they were called to go into the river, a representative from each tribe and to select a stone. And that stone was to remind them of what God had done. How He had allowed them to cross. And and you know, I love that passage and it reminds me of the fact that through life, God gives us each memorials. In your walk with God, I'm sure there was a time where God 
spoke to you. He, he appeared to you. He, his, his presence was powerful. And maybe you have something to remember that by. Um, something that you kept through the years. And every time you look at it, it reminds you maybe of the moment you gave your heart to Christ. Maybe of another difficult time where God was so real. And this item is precious to you. I was thinking of, a, I, I became a Christian as a teenager. It's almost 16 years old. And I've kept through the years, and I meant to get it out of my office, and I just didn't do it, guys, before I came up here. But my first Bible, my best friend through the years, Barry Johnson, and I got saved at a, a Christian camp in the summer, and his mom gave me a Bible you know, all those years ago. And uh, it's kind of beat up. I'd like to say it's from overuse, but part of the reason was we went camping, and it poured the rain, and my tent leaked, and my Bible got wet. So it's a little beat up from that, too but it held together. And you open it up, and there are some things I actually glued inside the covers of my Bible. You know, it's precious to me. It helps me remember. Um, helps me remember. When I think about Memorial Day, and I think about the sacrifice of soldiers who died, what comes to my mind is a family member through marriage. Her name's Irma. Irma Matthews uh, Rowan. And uh, I had, there's two people in my family, two ladies, extremely strong personalities. One was my Aunt Pearl. And we used to always, I've told you, I think, about Aunt Pearl. But we used to joke about Aunt Pearl that she was too mean to die. And um, I think, I don't know how many heart surgeries she had, and she just kept plugging. And, uh, man, and... Uh, Anyway, that's a whole nother story. I won't get into that, but how God worked in her life. And at the end, she was restored with her family. But the other character was Irma. And Irma, uh, my sister is divorced. And Irma was uh, my sister's mother-in-law, her husband's mom. And she was a tough lady. She went through a lot of child abuse as a kid. Her, it's a whole long story. But I'll never forget. Well, well I'll, I'll share this one time. Remember her name? Her and Aunt Pearl got into it over something. And I thought, here comes World War III. I don't know who's going to win this one. But anyway, that's the thing. I was at Arlington Cemetery with Irma. I'll never forget this. All those graves. And uh, she said, Todd, walk with me. And we walked. And uh, it took a while. And finally we came to this place. And there was her husband's grave. And she wept a little bit. And she said, walk with me. And we looked around and we walked over a couple of more aisles of graves. And then she began to just sob uncontrollably. I mean, you'd have to understand, this was a strong woman, man. I mean, she could verbally brawl with a best of them. But she just fell apart began to sob and it was her son's grave you see in Vietnam she lost her husband and she lost her son and I just sat there and wept with her it was definitely a different side of Irma I hadn't seen and part of what broke up my sister's marriage was her husband also went over there to Vietnam and man he came back a decorated war hero but his whole deal was he wanted to die because his dad had died and his brother had died and he would take all these crazy risks instead he just 
kept getting medals. But when he came back, the marriage didn't survive. Pain. Sacrifice. Anyway, as I think of Memorial Day, and then as I think of the Scriptures, we are called to remember it has to do with sacrifice. And I want to look at three specific memorials uh, this morning. And the first memorial deals with a Passover meal. Uh, turn me to Exodus chapter 2. You know, you come to the end of Exodus chapter 2. Joseph died and um, the Hebrews fell out of favor with the Egyptians. They were actually afraid of them, and they put them into intense work as slaves. And in verse, at the very end of the chapter, Exodus 2, it says, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. And then it goes into Moses, how Moses was born, how he grew up in the palace, how he went to the backside of the desert, and how God, he had heard that call, and he sent Moses to be a deliverer, to, to set the people free. And there were these ten plagues. And, and, you know, it won't take time to go through all the plagues. But it was to get Pharaoh's attention. It was to say God was ready to set his people free. And, but Pharaoh's heart kept growing harder and harder. And I remember mentioning this to, to Dwayne the other day. You know, my plague, the one that always got me was the plague of the frogs. You know, they said, when do you, when do you want these frogs to, to disappear, to go away? And he said, tomorrow. I thought, yeah, that's crazy, you know. Why do you want to wait a whole other day? Frogs everywhere. Just, you know, a frog infestation. Crowds of frogs. But anyways, you go through all of these. Finally, there's one last play. Pharaoh's heart is hardened. The Egyptians say, no, no, you can't leave. And turn me to Exodus 11. As we have recorded that last dreadful plague. It was a plague upon the firstborn. And, and God shares um, with Moses' heart. And so Moses shares in verse 4. He says, This is what the sovereign Lord says. About midnight I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her hand mill and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt. Worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any man or animal. Then you'll know the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come to me, bowing down before me and saying, Go, you and all the people who follow you. After that I will lead. Then Moses, hot with anger, left Pharaoh. There was preparation. As you read on, God spoke to His people. He said, here's what you are to do. You are to prepare a sacrifice. It is to be a lamb without blemish or defect. It's not to be second best. It's not to be your leftover stuff. It's to be from the best of what you have, the best of your livestock. That year-old lamb 
that's without flaw. And that's to be offered to me. And, and, and there were strict instructions on what to do. How this lamb was to be sacrificed. How it was to be presented before the Lord. And then they were to take some of the blood of the lamb and they were to put it on the doorposts of their home. And this was significant. This was for a reason. Um, Look with me at verse 22 of uh, Exodus 12. He says, Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of it of the blood on the top and both sides of the door frame. Not one of you shall go out the house, the door of his house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he'll see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and will pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and to strike you down. Most of you guys know what happened. Most of you have heard this before. The death angel came through Egypt and if he did not see the blood on the door frames, the firstborn was struck down. There was grieving and wailing and brokenness everywhere except for those who had the blood on the doorframe. And of course we know our, our call to pass over lamb have the doorframe of our hearts be covered in, in the blood of Christ that the death angel will pass over and, 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 and we're free. We're, we're set free um, in God's mercy. Look at uh, chapter 12 verses 13 and 14. He says, uh, The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. So this was a day for generations. The Jews would, would remember God's deliverance. How He set them free. How He set them free from slavery in Egypt. And, and, and they went on a journey. God had a plan. He had a, he had a purpose for them. He still loved them. He cared for them. <laughs> he cared for them. A second memorial, day of worship. But turn me Exodus chapter 20 over a couple of chapters. Of course, this is the record of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Verse 8, he says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. It was a day, number one, to keep holy. What does that mean? To look for God, to worship God, to to love God, and then to rest. Now, what happened uh, among the Pharisees, among those strict religious leaders, was they got the order reversed. They began to say, it's a day of rest, and then a day of worship. So what was more important to them was rest. And then they started trying to figure out, what is rest? And they had all these crazy rules. And the one I remember is they said that... Uh, no one could go in a room where there was a mirror on the Sabbath day because they were afraid somebody might go in there and look in the mirror and see a gray hair and be tempted to pull it out. 
You know, they just got really crazy with these rules. What, what does it mean to rest? But God never meant for rest to be first. It's worship. And the worship leads to rest. To be a memorial. It's, it's to remember God. In our busyness, we sometimes don't worship. We go along our way and we're in such a hurry that we don't worship. The worship leads to true rest, to lasting rest within us. That's God's plan. It started out as Saturday, but the day changed. And you know why it changed. It changed because of Jesus Christ. You see, it moved from Saturday to Sunday because Saturday was still a day of hopelessness because Jesus still was in the grave. And the grave was covered. And it seemed like there was no hope. But then Sunday came. And the stone was rolled away and the grave was empty and Jesus was alive. And so a couple of verses here that, uh, as you see there, was that Shia, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. It says, On the first day of the week we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people because he intended to leave the next day. He kept on talking until midnight. It was on the first day of the week. You see, the church began a shift. That day of memorial became wrapped up in the resurrection because that was where the hope was. <laughs> it moved from Saturday to Sunday because that was a day of hope. That was a day of new life. That was, that was a day of forgiveness that it was made true, real. Um, it, there was hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, another verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2 also records the shift from Saturday to Sunday. He says, On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. So it's a a day to give of the money you have to God's work, to the church, to to the movement of his mission. Um, On that first day of the week, and we're still, that's what, we, what we're here today. That's what we're here today. Because we want to remember the fact that Jesus is alive, that Jesus has risen, that there is hope. Man, that we don't serve a, a God who was defeated. We serve a risen, victorious God. And we are part of His army, part of His family. We have His full hope. And it, it, it's a day to remember. A precious, precious day. And one more. Meal, the meal of remembrance, the Lord's Supper. Um, turn me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 26. Paul is recounting that meal that Jesus had with his disciples. And as he recounts that event, he also quotes the very words of Jesus. But starting in verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. He... Paul is recounting that meal, that Passover meal. They came together to celebrate the Passover. They came together to remember that God had rescued His people from slavery, from bondage in Egypt. He, he set them free. 
But Jesus was bringing a new message. He was talking about a new covenant. Not just being set free from Egypt. He's talking about being set free from sin. He's talking about being set free from trying to earn your way to heaven and, and, and knowing that you're, you're secure because of the work that's completed, not the work to complete. That, that was the work of Jesus Christ. And then he spoke about his blood. Remember it says he broke the bread. And he said, when you take this, think of my broken body. And then he took the wine and, and he said, drink this. And when you drink it, you be reminded of my blood. The blood that was sacrificed, the life was in the blood. With, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no forgiveness of sins. And he said, that's about a new work that I've done. As you do this, you remember me. Um, what was he talking about uh, covenant-wise? I want to look in Jeremiah 31. Is Jesus at this meal was fulfilling this wonderful promise. Jeremiah 31, and I'll read 31 through 34. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they all will know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Man, I love that. He says, I'm going to give them a new heart. He says, I'm going to put the law in their minds. It's going to be written on their hearts. And they're going to be my people. And what a phrase here. The way it caught my attention. He says, no longer are they going to say, know the Lord, because they'll know me. They don't have to tell you to know the Lord. You'll know the Lord. That's what happens when He enters you. It's, it's no longer just religion, just what people tell you about the Lord. You know Him. He lives in your heart. He dwells in you. He, he walks in you. And that's the new covenant. It was written for us, given to us through the blood, through Jesus Christ. That's what was being celebrated at that gathering at that supper it was more than just a passover meal he was the lamb the lamb of god without blemish or defect god's best god's perfect plan offered at calvary uh, given to us to receive what god wants to bestow that, that's it that's what it's about to remember it's so important to remember we get in such a rush and we forget god calls us to remember Remember how he set his people free. <laughs> Remember that we're to come together, worship him. Remember in the Lord's Supper. One last thing in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. He says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He says, Don't stop remembering me. I'm coming again. Continue to I close with this story. There was a young executive in Chicago named Josh. Um, one day after work, he was driving in his two-month-old Jaguar 12-cylinder XKE. Beautiful car. He was weaving in and out of the Chicago neighborhood. 
driving too fast, but being alert, looking for kids possibly darting in and out of traffic or maybe parked cars. When he thought he saw something out of the corner of his eye, so he slowed down. And when he slowed down, whop! This brick hit his door. And he thought, what in the world? And suddenly he put the car in reverse and screeched tires, smoke coming up, going back to that exact spot. Got out of his car, slammed the door, and saw this kid standing there. Went over, backed the kid up against a parked car, and got right in his face and said, What's your name? What are you doing? Do you realize this is a brand new Jaguar? And this is very expensive, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. What's wrong with you, kid? Tears were streaming down this little boy's face. And he said, I'm sorry, sir. But I had to get somebody's attention. And then he pointed over to his brother. He said he fell out of his wheelchair and he's hurt. And I can't pick him up. I had to find some way to get some help. And I saw you. So I was the only thing I could think of to do. And so Josh felt this lump in his soap. And he thought, you turkey. He went over to the little boy. Took out a perfectly clean folded handkerchief started wiping the wounds. With some great effort, he he managed to get him back in that wheelchair. And uh, then he made sure that the boys got home. He helped both of them back to where they lived. And it was a long walk back to his Jaguar. (laughs) And you know what? Josh never got the door repaired his car he said I've been going through life way too fast and I don't want to have to have a brick thrown at me to remind me that I need to slow down what about you is life coming at you so fast that you've kind of forgotten maybe why you're here You've forgotten God's grace, His forgiveness, His mission, His call. It's not that you hate God. It's just that maybe you've forgotten what it's about. We have a time to come to the altar, a time to come front. As we think about the sacrifices made of soldiers who died for a cause for freedom, how can we not help but think about the one who died for our freedom from sin? When life is not in Him, it's all messed up. And when it's correctly connected to Jesus, it makes sense. So let's pray. Lord, uh, we come to You. What do You want to do, Lord, in our lives? Um, Sometimes we all feel like Josh. We're speeding along with our plans, proud of what we've been able to do. And we miss it, Lord. We think that brick is a curse. It's a blessing. Pray this morning, God, you'd work in us, Lord. We need to remember you. What are you up to, Master? Move us your way. We need to come to the altar and pray. Bring us here. We need to share with your people. May we share. We need to come and make a commitment or make a commitment right where we are with you. 
Move our hearts, Lord. Because this is only about our relationship with you, the living God. Nothing else matters, Lord. So, on this Memorial Day, when we think of sacrifice, Lord, speak to our hearts, Lord. What do we need to do? We love you, Lord, and we ask for you to just lead us as you want, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.